G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Adelaide Giants, home to some of the best baseball players and prospects in the world. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. Welcome to the Bungie and Bretster Show. Yes, hello everybody. Good morning. Welcome to the Bungie and Bretster Show with special guest me, John Casey. We are proudly brought to you by the great friends that we have at Australian Motors, Mayhem Collectibles and the Adelaide Giants. And they make it all possible to get the stars of the show here like this man. Andrew McLeod, welcome <laughs> to you. <laughs> hey, Case, how are you? It's, uh, it's good to be back and tell you what, it's a little bit grey out there, but uh, not for Port Adelaide last night. It was, uh, it was the Robbie Gray show and uh, they we were waking up this morning very, very happy with themselves. I think Port Adelaide, they talked the talk and then they walked the walk. Uh, Brett Maher, welcome to you this morning. Yes, thank you for having me. Yeah, they did very well, didn't they, after uh, having a bit of lip through the week, but it's all, I think it adds to the... The flair of the game, the build-up. part of the theatre, really, isn't it? <laughs> You're okay with it, Bungie? Oh, yeah, I love it. I think it's great. That uh, The thing is, though, you just don't want it to come back and bite you on the bum case. And that was uh, one thing that uh, I think a lot of people were sort of hoping would happen, but it didn't. They actually backed up their words, like we said, and, yeah, they just uh, – they were too good in the end. But, um, yeah, congratulations to Robbie Gray. What a fantastic career. And uh, have to go down as one of Port Adelaide's – oh, he'd be in the top two or three of their greatest players. Is there anyone probably. better? Well, it's probably hard to beat Treaders, I yep. think. You know, in terms of what, he's the other one, isn't what he? he did. Like he, those two would be in the in the top two, I would I'd suggest. But um, he's but he just a little bit of Robbie Gray magic last night, just to you know tease the fans one more time. It was fantastic. It was absolutely outstanding. We're going to talk more about that a little later. We're going to talk about the sample. What a fantastic finish to the minor rounds there yesterday. Games decided by one, two, and three points. And We've got a whole lot more coming. Basketball is happening at the moment. But first up, we're going to talk rugby union because the Wallabies and the Wallaroos are coming to Adelaide next Saturday and a historic double header. And one of the stars of the show, Scott Seo, has been kind enough to join us. Good morning to you, Scott, from the Wallabies. Morning, everyone. Thanks for having me on. Great to have you on board. We're looking forward to seeing this double header here at Adelaide Oval next Saturday. It gets underway at 12.15 with the Wallaroos up against the Black Ferns. And then the Wallabies face South Africa at 3 p.m. at Adelaide Oval. It's a terrific venue. What are your expectations, Scott? Because obviously the Springboks are always hard to beat. Yeah, always a tough battle. Uh, very physical coming up against, um, you know, the world champs. Uh, there as well, but um, you know, pretty excited to be playing in an Adelaide. Uh, this will be my first Test match um, there, and the double header um, Saturday afternoon. You can't ask for much more there. So um, I think it's going to be a great game, both games, and uh, yeah, just looking forward to it. And the attraction of playing in Adelaide. Um, I mean, it's not known as a, a massive rugby state. Are you looking forward to coming to Adelaide? Yeah, for sure. It's something new, something fresh. Um, I think for all of us. Uh, There'll be a lot of us in this team that haven't been to Adelaide at all. So um, getting to get around the, the city there and, and getting to know um, Adelaide will be pretty cool. I understand, um, you know, it's a very AFL-heavy um, um, city there. But, you know, hopefully we can um, change up everyone's weekend and bring a bit of uh, rugby union. Oh, there's a there's a few few old rugby heads still uh, getting around here. So, uh, no, looking forward to that, that game coming up. And... Uh, You'd be excited too that uh, yeah, one of your old mates there, Bernard Foley, has been added to the, to the squad as well. Yeah, it's good for me, uh, especially since I turned uh, 30 last year. 
Uh, anytime there's a few more 30-year-olds added to the team, you know, it doesn't make me feel so old. But um, no, it'd be great to have, it's great to have him back here with his wealth of experience. So I think it's going to be um, really good for a lot of the young backs and, um, you know, just help sort of settle them and calm them and, um, you know, help prepare them for the weekend. I need a bit of calming after a couple of weeks ago losing to Argentina. What sort of uh, other changes is uh, Coach Rennie looking to put into place? Yeah, obviously, um, you know, uh, credit to Argentina. They, um, you know, they had a good game plan. They executed it really well and got the bounce of the ball on the day. So, um, no, I think for us, our kicking game was probably one of the things that, that let us down there um, a fair bit and just our um, our patience. Um, in and around our A zone, attacking the attacking 22 there. So I think those are sort of two things. If we could bed down, we'll go a long way to helping us get the result on the weekend. Looks like, um, obviously, you talked about uh, bringing Bernard Foley in, but that, that halves, that fly-off, seems to be a bit of a uh, an area that, uh, since Quade Cooper's gone down with that Achilles, something that's um, it's, it's been a bit of a, I guess, a concern. Yeah, it's, it's obviously a very tough position. You're obviously leading the team around and, um, you know, at that level there, um, you know, when the team's not playing um, well, you know, it's obviously a very scrutinised position there as well. So, um, you know, hopefully with Bernard coming in, um, Noah and obviously um, James O'Connor there, um, they can get a good combination going there, a good mix, and, um, you know, hopefully run find the right solution there. Can you tell us a bit about the, the girls? They're taking on the Silver Ferns. Do you know much about them? Yeah, yeah, no, we've uh, obviously Super W has been established for a while now, so um, you know we've been in and around the tracks a lot, a lot there at, at Brumbies, and you know they've got a wealth of Waratah girls in there. My sisters actually play for uh, the Two Blues, Parramatta Western Sydney Two Blues, against them in in the club comp in Sydney. So um, you know it's exciting. Uh, I think for rugby, I think you know to continue to get better and, and improve they need these fixtures year in year out so um it's always nice for us to it brings a different attraction to our game on the weekend with the double header as well there um you see how successful it is in the NRL and and in the AFL too so um hopefully it's something we can continue we're speaking with Wallaby star Scott Seo ahead of next Saturday's big double header at Adelaide Oval. Tickets from Ticket Tech, and they start at just twenty dollars. So get along and support this. This is world class. And when you speak world class in rugby, it's New Zealand. Scott, gee, I'm glad we beat them up at the Commonwealth Games because every time we're playing them at rugby, they seem to smash us. Yesterday in Christchurch, it was fifty-two-five. The Silver Ferns over the Wallaroos. Biggest loss in five years. Where are we at? And can they turn that around inside of one week? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, they've, they've had a bit of a break um, between their last test earlier in the year and um, and that test match. And, and again, it just comes down to playing more often. Um, you know, the more this group plays together, the, the better their combinations will build. Um, you know, obviously... Um, We'd be, we've got to be realistic here. I think, you know, we, to say that they're going to win next week is, is, is a bit um, hopeful. But I think, you know, to put up a, um, a bit more of a competitive advantage there would be great. Um, and I think they can. You know what I mean? They've had them now. They're able to sort of get a good tape review, um, see where they can keep getting better as a team um, and, and um, put out a, a good performance on the weekend. So, um, yeah, that's what we're looking forward to, I think. And coach uh, Dave Rennie, he seems to like bringing in a few uncapped players, a few debutants, uh, bringing in Langy Gleeson and Jock Campbell. Uh, what can you tell us about them? What are you expecting from them in the game? Yeah, Langy, he's a, he's a quite uh, 
quite physical, quite athletic, isn't he? Um, he's been he's been great to um, to watch out at Waratahs this year. Um, his impact has had, especially off the bench. Um, you know, in the final twenty minutes of the game, where you know sometimes the games won or lost has been great. And, and Jock's established himself in that back three at the Reds, that you know electric back three for the last uh, last three seasons there. So um, you know, hoping to see a lot of them. I didn't I didn't get an opportunity to uh, train much with Jock. Um, in the last camp, I didn't go to Argentina, but um, you know, I've been to sort of um, mix it with those two um, in the South Africa league. Hey, just uh, speaking of just changing tack a little bit, uh, Scott, uh, you've just recently signed a, a, a new deal to to head over to Leicester over there, and their uh, their season kicks off pretty soon too. Oh, Exeter, Exeter. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Exeter. Sorry, you. Sorry, their their first game is against Leicester on so the Exeter Chiefs. Their first game is against Leicester on September tenth, I think it is. So it, yeah. uh, that comes around pretty quick as well. Yeah, it does. I'm 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 heading over around October, so after rugby championship um, there. So I, I won't get into about round five, round six of the comp. But um, yeah, they they got long seasons. They start pretty early, um, so it's good to sort of get there at the beginning of the season and um, yeah, just sort of uh, establish myself in the squad and, and add value. What about crowds for the game? Coming back to the game here in Adelaide, uh, what can what are you looking to expect out of the crowds, and and what have you been getting in the games leading up as far as crowds? No, we well, I mean the England series was was great. Uh, we had some unreal crowds there. We've got some you know great venues coming up, Adelaide Oval, the new Allianz Stadium as well to follow that. So I'm pretty blessed in that regard. But um, you know everyone loves afternoon footy, uh, three o'clock there bring the families down and and make a day of it, you know. So, And I think that's what we're looking forward to this weekend and the atmosphere that's building around this test match. So, um, yeah, you know, I just encourage everyone to come down and enjoy an arvo of, um, you know, some international rugby and then um, hopefully go celebrate a Wallabies win. Let's hope we're celebrating a win. Will it be anything like the last time the Wallabies played here in Adelaide and against Namibia and it was 142 to nil? Well, we take that. <laughs> oh, we'll take it. We'll definitely take that. It's going to be a little bit closer than that on the weekend. <laughs> it will be a lot closer. And, of course, this is part of the bigger picture to play rugby here in Adelaide. We've got the British and Irish Lions touring in 2025, the World Cup in Australia in 2027. So you've been to the World Cup a couple of times, Scott. Um, that's going to be enormous for us, not only here in Adelaide, but for the country. Yeah, huge, huge. Um, you know, obviously, British and Irish Lions is going to be a little bit of a um, a build-up heading into that there as well. But the atmosphere around the World Cup is pretty special. Um, and, I, and I think Australia is one of the best countries to, to host that and um, and facilitate that. I mean, you know, the world-class venues we have all around the country um, is something to behold. So um, I'm looking forward to it. And, um, yeah, I just think anywhere where we can, you know, play the game and, and get some great spectacles to everyone in Australia. That's the, that's the plan moving forward. So you're hoping to see more test matches and more rugby in Adelaide. And last time the World Cup here in Adelaide, uh, back in 03, there was a 30% increase in registrations at the local level. So that's what we're trying to build here is build the sport up. It's one of the best in the world. And hopefully we get that sort of reaction again from the local competition. Yeah, of course. I mean, it all starts at the grassroots at the end of the day. Um, you know, the future of the game. So um, anytime that's increasing and participation is increasing, it's a, it's a big plus for not only rugby in Australia, but world rugby. So, um, you know, I'm hoping that the, the, we have the same effect heading into that in the next couple of years.
Really appreciate your time this morning, Scott. It's going to be great to have the Wallabies and the Wallaroos here in Adelaide next Saturday. And we uh, look forward to a, a good performance and some highlights from you as well. So thanks very much for your time. Thanks very much for having me on and have a great day. Scott Seo there from the Wallabies. And that's just massive. It's uh, something that we haven't seen here before where the Wallabies and the Wallaroos go head to, or they play a double header. Outstanding. And they're world-class athletes. I think we should get along and support it. I can't wait for it, Case. I think it's exciting to have, um, obviously, the, the, you know, with the Wallabies sitting seventh in the world ranking at the moment is, um, you know, it's, it's a, we're in foreign uh, territory there, Brett. So we, uh, it's, the, it's the worst uh, ranking we've had or equal worst ranking we've had in our history. So playing against the number three in South Africa, obviously world champions. And uh, it's going to be a cracking game. And Wallabies are building towards that Bledisloe Cup coming in uh, September. It is. Um, it's a great spectacle. I remember watching some great tests against England and against New Zealand. Um, some really good hit outs. So playing against South Africa who are always uh, very competitive, very good as well. We really need to boost that ranking, obviously, get that back up there. But first time in 17 years as well it's been here in Adelaide. So it'd be great for a lot of people to get down and support it. Adelaide Oval is where you'll see it next Saturday. And we are underway here on the Bungie and Bretster Show. Thanks for sharing your Sunday morning with us. We'll have more for you right after this. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. What about Andrew McLeod? Guess who's going to swoop? Andrew McLeod! Oh, bravo! For Ma. Yes. Big shot by Brett Ma. Yes, sir. The superstars, Andrew McLeod and Brett Maher are in the house. It's the Bungie and Brett's to show here on a Sunday morning. Great to be with you. A little foggy outside, but that's burning off. Going to be a terrific day. Get out and enjoy some local sport if you can. We've got plenty of local sport to talk about soon. We're going to have a chat with Jacob Surgeon. North Adelaide have taken out the sample minor premiership. Of course, we're going to talk showdown as well. Basketball, the Australia Cup soccer, a lot to look forward to. But coming off the back of the Rugby Union and the Wallabies and Wallaroos coming to Adelaide Oval next weekend, let's talk about the Rugby League scenario at the moment. Round 23 of 25. So getting to the pointy end of the season there, Bungie, and some interesting results to say the least. I'll tell you what, when you get into the pointy end of the season case and you see some of these results, you it's it's gobsmacking but I'll just talk through a couple of the results over the weekend we've got a couple of gig games coming up um, today also as well that you can catch on the telly but um, uh, I guess the, the the one from early on in the in the in the piece Thursday night the Panthers took on South uh, which is uh, gonna be finals type uh, footy coming up because uh, both of those teams the Rabbitohs are sitting seventh and Panthers obviously taking out the minor premiership but that was a pretty uh, close fought game, 26-22. The Broncos and the Storm played 60 to 12. 60 to 12. They no scored. Storm. That's a big win for the uh, the Broncos. Obviously, uh, they're they're sitting eighth at the moment in the sitting in the in the top eight. So just on eighth and holding on to that spot. But that's a big loss for the for the Bronx against the Storm. Um, Cowboys 48 over the Warriors four. Parramatta 42 beat the Bulldogs to six. And how's this for a result last night? Sydney Roosters versus West Tigers, 72 to 6. Brett's though. Stop the fight. That's, uh, <laughs> that's an impressive win, isn't it? That's what we call an old-fashioned pumping right there. And I don't really follow this too much. I know both of you guys are Storm. So you're yep. pumping up the Storm in the, the in the break. They're, oh, they're the team to beat. But for me, 
I don't have a team. I'm going to jump on the Roosters. I'm not going to jump on the favourite. I like to do that normally, but uh, the That'd Panthers, be right. <laughs> the Panthers have sealed the deal. I, there's no no win in that. Sydney for me, Roosters, you know they're like they're the, they're the rich club of the um, perfect NRL. So it That's doesn't just how me. I like it. <laughs> they go well. They go well with your. They can boots. afford the good players, and I'm going to jump on the Roosters. They've won their last five. Book me in, Roosters, for they, the win. They uh, they probably do have one of the best players in the competition. Turkin in the top echelon, uh, James Tedesco, their captain, is by far New South Wales captain as well, but by far and away the, one of the, the top two or three players in the competition. But That's all I picked them. That's it's all heating them. up this uh, case. There's a couple of rounds to go, but looks like the final eight is pretty much set with Panthers taking out the uh, – holding on to the minor premiership. Cowboys sitting quite comfortably second. The Sharks and, and Storm just sitting in fourth. Had – Won four on the trot now after coming off uh, four losses they had in a row. Un- Unstorm-like after the, uh, after the Origin break when they, they lose about 13 players to, the, to Origin. But um, the only other side that can really sort of squeeze in there, and depending on how the Broncos and the Rabbitohs, uh, the Roosters, your team now, Brettster, mm. sitting on 13 wins. But the only team that can probably replace one of those is the Raiders who play today. But they've got to keep winning. They've two games to go. Um, well, three games for them. They've got to win all three games and hopefully that uh, one of those sides will, will drop off and they can sneak in there. Yeah, the games today at one thirty: the Dragons against the Titans, 3.30. Knights against the Raiders. And you feel for West, they're headed for their first wooden spoon in franchise history. And that was their biggest loss ever, 72-6 to the Sydney Roosters. The other thing that caught my eye from the New South Wales Rugby League this week was the grand final location. Mm. And Peter Vlandis is in charge of the NRL. I think he should be in charge of the AFL. They're looking for a new CEO. He is hilarious. (laughs) He pumped it all up. And, of course, he went to the New South Wales government and said, you need to help us to get the grand final here. And they were a little bit reluctant. So he went straight and said, well, maybe we'll move it to Queensland. And then all of a sudden, New South Wales got more interested. And when he announced it, uh, it was just hilarious the way he did it because he said that they'd finally decided where they were taking it, for those who didn't notice this. And he said they were taking it to a state that's screaming out for a big football event. Melbourne. Melbourne. (laughs) (laughs) Take that, Gil. Very cheeky. He did say, hey, I'll just uh, shout out to Gil. How you going? Hope you're well. But uh, no, it's, it's good. And I think based on the back of, look at what the, the AFL have been able to do the last couple of years, obviously through COVID. But it was great to see our grand final go somewhere else. So to play in Brisbane and obviously Perth last year was fantastic. Brisbane always put on a great uh, show. Like you look at the origin uh, games that they play up there. It's always the place that you want to play, um, you know, going to Suncorp Stadium. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting uh, how that all plays out. But he is a bit of a character. And, uh, well, if he wants to throw in a Super Bowl type of scenario, hey, Bretster. Adelaide. Exactly. Why not? I, I love the way rugby uh, run their grand final. Their presentation, I think, is fantastic. They're market leaders, I think. I think they do a better job. I think their the entertainment, the entertainment it, it embarrasses Always the seem to trump the AFL, don't they? They have the best acts. They yep. must pay very well for them, but they do an excellent job in the presentation of their grand final. I've always say, always like back in the day, I thought the rugby league football show yep. was a lot better than the AFL one too. A lot of competition there, but they were very, very funny guys. Fatty Vorden and uh, Sterlow, they were very good. But yeah, I, I agree. I've been to a, I've been to a number of grand finals, the NRL grand finals, and uh, it pains me to say it, but I actually think that the entertainment and going there is a bit more of a spectacle than the AFL ground. Well, the AFL do a great job, but I think they certainly set the bar, the, the bar pretty high, the NRL.
They certainly do. And I think Peter Malinowskis, the Premier of South Australia, should do some listening here. We're always, you know, we lost the Grand Prix to Melbourne. Well, let's get the NRL Grand Final to Adelaide. If Peter Vlandes is serious about this, we're never going to get the AFL Grand Final because they've tied that to the MCG for the rest of our lifetime. 55 years Which is outrageous when you think about it. Crazy. When you look at the success of the Super Bowl travelling around America, why wouldn't that work here in Australia? Why shouldn't Adelaide host the NRL Grand Final? We're well, the sporting capital of the world. <laughs> we, well, really? that's what we want We're to be. We're taking on everything. We've got the Com Games. We've got we've, what, what, what else can we steal? Uh, uh, Masters Games. <laughs> <laughs> You'll qualify for that I'm, pretty soon. I, I fit in there nicely at the moment. I think we should go after as many great events as we can so that then, we, as I said last week, we can get some really good facilities to go along with that. And we're talking just in the break about facilities. Melbourne just have the affinity to keep building really good uh, stadiums. And we might talk about that in the basketball section a bit later on. Yes, uh, they've certainly done a great job over there, but that's the legacy it leaves. And that's why I'm keen to see the Com Games here in Adelaide because of the facilities that will be built and the legacy that leaves. And the NRL, well, that's a big event for the Adelaide Oval. It's screaming out for big events. As I say, I always look at it from the point of view of why not? If you can get it, okay, you're going to have to pay money for that. That would be the major drawback for a lot of people who aren't rugby league fans and say, well, we need more of this or more infrastructure or more beds in hospitals. Why are we paying this money? But I think the halo effect that it creates, and if South Australia is going to be a competitor in this race to be the sports capital. Let's start at Australia and then move on to the World Bungie. But, like, as I say, why not? Yeah, certainly. And, look, classic case. We just talked about, uh, to Scott CA talking about the Wallabies. Get behind there and support the Wallabies. Get out there and see two world-class teams coming out to Adelaide, able to play. Greatest venue in, in Australia. Why not get down there, support our teams, support the Wallabies? They're, they're building towards a, a massive World Cup in a couple of years um, coming up, but also, um, you know, building on to uh, like beating the beating the Springboks would be massive for for and to get a great support behind them would just build that uh, that the games up moving towards the Bledisloe Cup as well. And the Wallaroos, well, they are loaded with Olympic gold medalists from the Rugby Sevens as well. So they are high quality. And to get them, as I say, this is a first. They haven't done it before where the women and the men play a doubleheader. So get along to Adelaide Oval next Saturday. Ticketek is where you can buy your tickets and they start at just $20. Well, we are the Bungie and Bretster Show here on SENSA, brought to you by Australian Motors Mitsubishi. Visit Wavell and Southern Mitsubishi. Driven by Australian Motors, Dylan Nunn and his hard-working crew do a great job. So get around them as well. And next up, well, we're going to be talking some of the round ball code. We've got cricket. And then we're going to be talking about the showdown as well. And Andrew McLeod, well, he's lost a showdown record as of last night. And he's going to, we'll ask him about that and see how he feels about that. But stay with us here on the Bungie and Bretster Show Sunday morning. It's time now for the Tenacles. Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. And we appreciate your company as well. Your voice is important to us here on the show. You can get in touch with us on the talkback line, 1300 736 736, or shoot us a text, 0427154166. Time now for us to talk about the round ball code. Now, kiddo, first time. Ibasuki is there on the turn, and it's blocked. The follow-up is lashed in. Adelaide United do get the opening goal. And it's Zach Clough who's able to breach the back of the net, and that will settle the nerves for those Reds fans. Majok gets the cross. Brassan. Waters! Oh, what a goal! Zach Waters! 
Adelaide City are level, and it's an all-in celebration. Uh, here's Bernardo, and it's in. What a finish. That might have done it. Louis Dorigo makes it 2-1. This one again into the pack of players. It falls in. <laughs> Dorber's done it. Matt Dorber. It's 2-2. Off to penalties. 2-2 after 120 minutes. Waters for City. Saved again. And United are on the verge. It's Halloran. And they're there. Adelaide City Hearts are broken. Adelaide United get the win in the penalty shootout. And move through to the quarterfinals of the Australia Cup. Wasn't quite the 6-0 drubbing that was predicted by Brett Marpun. Oh, he, 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 he knows his uh, football. Knows oh, football. I tell you what, if I was a National League team playing against a local team and didn't win 6-0, I'd be disappointed. I think United should have a good hard look at themselves in the okay, mirror. Okay, let's put it into context, though, Brett. They, they, they've been in preseason for two weeks, right? Yeah. We, we spoke last week about this, and they're coming. Now, United, they, they, they've got a little way to go. We understand that, right? But they're a bit rusty. They looked a bit rusty early. But I'll tell you what, it was a cracking game case. Adelaide City bought the Fantastic. head, came, come from behind twice. Now, 3,000 people got down there to watch it. It was it was great to watch. It wasn't a, like it was it was pretty wet and miserable, but to see the uh, you know the bringing the cup the cup dream to Adelaide was fantastic. A couple of blokes and they mentioned in the in the uh, in the grabs there, but Majok and, and Brassan, they cause Adelaide United some absolute headaches. And I tell you what, putting themselves on show for in the national competition, they would be. There'd be teams knocking down their doors to come and, hey, guys want to come and train with us. But to come back um, twice, you know, being down 1-0, sorry, 1-0, then 2-1, and to come back. um, Interesting that Louis Dorigo kicked the goal to put United in front. And he almost looked embarrassed. He didn't celebrate enough because he's... His his grandfather is a legend of Adelaide United, so he's, he sort of went to celebrate, looked at the crowd, and went, "No, I better keep a lid I'll on this." I'll just tone this down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he did keep a lid on it. It looked like to me Adelaide United were threatening to to go away and have a big win, but uh, as you said, the the defence of City and the way that they were able to fight back, they've obviously got some really good qualities. They're top of the ladder in the NPL here in SA, so they've got some good qualities there and. As you said, it's a really good opportunity for some of those players to get seen, get noticed, and possibly work their way up into national teams or get a contract overseas. It's a great stage for that. Yeah, I think Paul Pezos has done a fantastic job in their their team defense. They were able to shift the momentum a, a lot of times and actually catch uh, catch United out. And I mentioned uh, Am Majok. He has got some absolute speed. Sometimes he was getting goal side of the he he. He gave those United defenders absolute nightmares um, with his uh, not just his speed, but also his uh, his his skill, his ball handling skills, and ability to bring others into the game. But um, it was sort of fitting in the end. You wanted it to go to extra time. It went went to extra time, and then fitting to go to penalties. And uh, Joe Gauchi, how good was he? United's goalkeeper, he just he just uh, pulled out all stops at the end. Well, he stepped up, didn't he? And how nervous would you be, both as the goalie, but also stepping up to have those shots tied? You expected to win. The nerves to be able to slot it through. 
it was you know, a big moment. So when you do, let's compare it to basketball. So you have a penalty shot, right? You're going on to the free throw. And we've seen a lot of the basketballers do this. But does the does the ring tend to, like, does it close up? It like, looks like the goals get smaller <laughs> as you're walking up to, uh, to the penalty box. It can. It can indeed. I've certainly walked up there and it looks like a golf Golf hole there for a bit, but um, I think the really good players have the innate ability to lock out the crowd and the belief in themselves that they're going to be able to knock that in. And I think you see that in the in the footy as well. The guys step up. You can tell a lot of times whether they're going to make it or not just by their approach. Really looking forward to the quarterfinal against the Brisbane Raw. Adelaide United move on quickly through the EPL scores from overnight. Arsenal 3 defeated Bournemouth 0. Tottenham 1, Wolves 0. Everton and Notts Forest 1 all. Crystal Palace 3-1 winners over Aston Villa. Fulham 3-2 over Brentford. Fulham continue to do okay. And Southampton, 2-1 winners at Leicester City. We've got two games tonight. West Ham against Brighton, Leeds against Chelsea. And then at 1am, Newcastle, Man City. And on Tuesday, Man United versus Liverpool to look forward to as well. Arsenal, 3-0 start to the season have done very well so far. And Man uh, Man U are making some changes as well, aren't they? They're bringing some players in. Hey, just a real quick one. Have we got room for a second team in Adelaide? Like, that was a great game. Good talent there. Has Adelaide got room for a second team in the major competition? Well, we, we did. Well, if you go back uh, a, a while ago, when the the, the MPL was the MPL NSL NSL, sorry, the NSL back in the day, we had West Adelaide and Adelaide City. It was fantastic, wasn't so it? It was a great competition. I had a couple of mates from Darwin who came down and played for West Adelaide. Hamilton Thorpe was one of those, and went on and played overseas. And uh, yeah, it's it, it's a great. I think Ad. We're, we're, we're football mad in Adelaide. Mm. Like we've New got some, stadium going up. Brand got new some great stadiums there. going up. Um, and the local stadiums are, 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 are awesome as well. So I definitely think we've got an uh, opportunity to have two sides in here. Well, we'll have to have a chat to our good friends at Polygra Sports and uh, see if they can uh, bring in a second team because I think it would be great. Great for the state. Great to have that rivalry. We see it with Port and the Crows. To have it back here in SA with the Rambo. I know the numbers of participation is huge here. And after every World Cup, it, it screams with more kids wanting to play. So I'd love to see a second team. Put it on the list. Com Games, NRL Grand <laughs> Final, second team in the A-League. It's all happening here on the Bungie and Bredster Show. Adelaide Giants, home to some of the best baseball players and prospects in the world. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi. Driven by Australian Motors. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. And we appreciate your company as well here on a brightening up Sunday morning blue sky out the window here at 1629 SEN SA. Andrew McLeod, Brett Maher and John Casey with you. And hope you're enjoying your Sunday morning. Time for us now to turn our attention to cricket because there's been a lot of news just of late. And the good news was Travis Head signing a new two-year deal with the Big Bash lead Adelaide Strikers. And, of course, his fiance Jess Davies. And he have a baby due soon. So it's a big time for Travis Head at the moment. But uh, plenty of news in the cricket. Yeah, there's heaps going on. And the Big Bash League, I, I think they've got some troubles Right across cricket with their scheduling, there's so much going on. They're trying to squeeze in, can't get all the players to keep competing. And there was a good article through the week with Rashid Khan mentioning how a lot of those big-name players are going to be signing, but they're going to be nicking off halfway through the year, which 
I think is really bad. You you go along as a supporter, you want to watch the great players, and then halfway through the year, they're all nicking off to play in the UAE and get paid massive amounts. You kind of can't blame them. No. With the amount of money he's getting thrown at them to go join that UAE. But as a supporter, you want to go along and watch the whole season and watch those good players finish the season. And I think he seemed a bit remorseful about it as well. When you sign a deal, you do want to play the length of it. Yeah, it's it's one of those things, isn't it? But like you said, you can't you can't begrudge him from going actually and chasing the cash if and going and playing in these competitions. They've got to look after themselves. Well, it all seems to clash in cricket. Like you've got they're trying to schedule all these test games as well, all around the world, and then they're chucking in these different big bash leagues and, and the smaller versions of the game, let alone the one days. So I think they've just got to have a good hard sit down and work out their scheduling so that we can get a little bit of everything because there's the purists that love the five-day game and I don't mind it, but I probably prefer the one-days. And then the Big Bash has its own own following. Well, that's interesting. Australia are going to play a one-day international series against Zimbabwe and New Zealand in Townsville and Cairns later this month. Now, I don't know how that's going to go up against football finals. Why are we doing that? And as you say... uh, Brett, the, the calendar is just so crowded with cricket at the moment that it does. there is a threat on the uh, test cricket and, of course, this UAE competition. And I think Rashid Khan's hit the nail on the head here. I think Cricket Australia look as though that they've been caught asleep at the wheel and now they're trying to catch up as fast as they can. But the answer is just to shorten the Big Bash League into a smaller window so then they can go away and earn big bucks in the UAE or the, uh, the Indian Premier League. That's the way that it's going to end up travelling. Yeah, it's taxing on the players as well. Like you think of players that are trying to play in all of those formats. So their bodies must be wrecked, especially you look at the bowlers, what they're putting their, their body through, trying to back up for one after the other after the other. And now you're seeing some players just going into one form of the game, which is, I think is a bit of a shame as well. Yeah, well, that's you got. I think some of these players are starting to choose what sort of form they're going to play and um, excel in because because of that scheduling is is tough. And it is, particularly on those guys that are, those fast bowlers, they put their body through some absolute rigours to um, get up and get themselves, you know, firing and, and bowling at um, 150 clicks. You'd be used to that, Brettster. <laughs> I did Coming play. I, I played in a um, a bit of a charity game on a proper turf wicket. And I tell you what, that ball seems to double in speed once it hits the turf. And it was exceptionally hard. They were being very kind to me. How'd you go? No bowling. I was terrible. Uh, they were keeping me in so that we didn't get any runs. But, <laughs> uh, but that Travis Head sign, just going back to that, that is fantastic yep. for the strikers because he is a great player to watch when he gets going. And in that format, he is one of the best. Big fan of the 36ers as well. We've seen him there courtside many times. Bungie, how are the ground staff in your backyard going with your backyard cricket pitch at the moment? <laughs> it was salubrious the last time I saw it. Well, it's just coming <laughs> coming out of winter now, so it's uh, just time for uh, the scarifying, and uh, we're just uh, getting that prepared for uh, for Boxing Day. But, no, looking forward to – it's one of my uh, – one of my pure loves is to get my pitch ready for uh, Boxing Day. I tell you what, last year was one of the funniest and at the same time saddest moments when Bungie sent through the picture of his backyard and it it accidentally, instead of putting uh, the stuff that makes it grow, <laughs> chucked the stuff that kills it all over and there were dead batches <laughs> well, everywhere. Have to, have to bring that up. Pitch, he doctored it. 
Did he dock? Oh, no, that was, my it was God. two years ago now. Come on. But, uh, <laughs> Seems no, like yesterday. I got some, got some bad advice, uh, Case, and uh, had to do a little bit of uh, maintenance. But it's back. It's back and it's uh, it's in good nick. Speaking of back, Elise Perry is playing in the 100 too. So she yep. missed out on the comm game. She had an injury, back injury, and uh, didn't actually get to play. Uh, in uh, But she's playing in the 100 and she's had a couple of ripping innings. So in good nick, 58 or 31 balls and then... Uh, th- uh, unbeaten 39 of 28, uh, getting uh, player of the the match honours. So she's in some good nick. And um, on a sad note, during the week, I don't know if you saw this in uh, in cricket, but um, Ian Chappell's hanging up the mic. Yes. After uh, after 45 years in commentary, he's uh, he's called time on his on his uh, commentary career. But like, if you think back to summer of cricket and how good summer of cricket is. Listening to Chappelle talk in the commentary with the likes of Richie Benno, Bill Laurie, and Tony Gregg, as some of the most magical moments in uh, yep. in your of your, your summers. He did a great job, Chappelle. Loved his work. Also loved the work on you mentioned the uh, women's one hundred ball competition. How about Aussie leg spinner Alana King? She was part of that Commonwealth yes. Games gold medal team. She got a first hat trick in the competition at Old Trafford, which is where we produced Warney's Ball of the Century. And that was after Meg Lanning had dropped a hat-trick ball during the Commonwealth Games. So great to see Alana King getting her deserved reward. She's probably the best female spinner in the world at the moment, really doing some great things there. So a lot to look forward to with the cricket season not too far away. But next up here on the Bungie and Brett's show, well, we're going to go freestyling. Who knows what's going to come up in open slather? It's exactly that. So stay with us. Uh, hold on to your seats and get ready as we take a short break here on SENSA. It's Sunday morning with Bungie and Brettster. Adelaide Giants, home to some of the best baseball players and prospects in the world. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi. Driven by Australian Motors. This is the Bungie and Brettster Show. They do some great work down at Australian Motors, as they do at mayhemcollectibles.com.au. Get ready for Mayhem Collectibles on the parade at Norwood, one of Australia's fastest-growing trading cards and collectibles specialists. They are part of the Bungie and Brettster family here on SENSA 1629. What a Sunday morning is developing out there. Looking forward to getting amongst it. But right now, well, it's open slather, boys. Uh, Tell me... Bring it to me. Let me kick this one off with 4,000 fans turned up in Wollongong last night to watch darts. Oh, wow. Yeah. 4,000. Good on them. 180. How do you cram that many people into a pub? <laughs> well, well, they were able to. That's, uh, it's a big sport. It's massive, isn't it? It's, it's obviously huge in the overseas and it's, it's growing legs here in Australia. And we've got some of the the world's best darts players as well. So um, there's nothing more. You turn on you turn on the telly and you watch some of the darts and you watch them go there and they get dressed up. They have themes and everyone gets yep. into it. And obviously, it's it's funny now because when you used to watch darts as a young bloke, you'd be watching the 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 dart. They'd be They'd be uh, smoking durries and drinking beers <laughs> and while well, the crowd's behind them. Now it's all changed. They drink water while well, the, cr- the crowd's the ones drinking the beers and carrying on and the blokes throwing the darts. They're just sipping on their bottles of water. Now we're going to talk a little bit about the showdown later in the program, but right now let's just get one snippet of what happened at the Adelaide Oval last night. Just getting back to some of the words through the week, Kimbo. I, I like to just... Under the radar, just go about it. Here we go. 
Oh, we got a streaker. We got a streaker. Here he goes. Oh, very upright running soul. This is appendix breaks. Big moment. He won't make the other end. Here he goes. He's about to go down. Oh, he's about to go down. He's got two. He's got two to beat. Now he's got the ground. They jump on top. He puts the hands in the air and he says, you've got me. Ah, some of Kim Dillon's <laughs> finest works with a cameo from Miles Fitzner there as oh. well. A streaker. I tell you what, what a run. He he got a long way through and what a stride, a good form on the run. I thought he was going to make the whole – he was really unlucky. He lost his footing and uh, then it was all over. They jumped on him, but uh, it was – I think the crowd was cheering him on too. There's a couple of uh, pretty, pretty good streaking moments that uh, you think back to. Um, and so probably the, one of the more famous ones is the Andrew Simons one. Yeah, he uh, tackled him. He, he shirt front dropped the shoulder, didn't he? He shirt front of the streak and uh, dropped him on his on his backside. And uh, there was one uh, last year as well. I think it was at the rugby where the lady had done the same thing, and she slipped through and she um, slipped through a couple of, uh, of the security guards, and then out of nowhere. This guy just absolutely poleaxed her. I reckon it was at Sun, Suncorp. Suncorp. Yeah, yeah, I think he absolutely right. poleaxed her on about the the twenty yard line, and uh, it wasn't good. <laughs> it well, luckily Brett good. Maher and myself <laughs> shared a streaker moment. <laughs> it was. What, hang on a minute. What are, we, what are, what are we talking about? <laughs> well, case t- went to unbutton. No, I, I was at the free throw line. We're playing in West Sydney, and this is uh, an NBL game. NBL game lined up, and then all of a sudden the crowd just. There was a gasp, and I looked over, and Willie Farley was one of our imports, and his mouth was wide open as he followed this female nude runner uh, that ran from one end, jumped down onto the court, ran the whole length of the court, brushed past me. I wasn't really expecting it. And Ow. Then, <laughs> and then straight up. He was looking for a whistle. And, You're yeah, right, and one. Yeah, into the stands, grabbed their clothes, whacked their clothes back on, sat down, watched the rest of the game. Unbelievable. <laughs> I, I made both free throws too, which was probably more. more uh, which was pretty impressive. It was, they were hard ones to make, let me tell you that. <laughs> it was pretty impressive. And I was calling the game yeah. and for Fox Sports, it didn't bat an eyelid, but more <laughs> humorous of the whole shenanigan was that the lady went up to the stand to her friend who had her clothes and she just put the clothes back on and remained there for the rest of the game. Yeah, I was going to say, so she'd already teed it up with somebody to be on the other <laughs> side waiting for her with their clothes. Yeah. And I don't have much planning because standing there, ovation. It wasn't a. It wasn't probably the level of grooming I would have expected if she knew that she was going to be doing it when she got to the <laughs> got to the courts. And this one thing that people and it's obviously a thing. There's some we have some some people that have made it made this f- quite famous. You know, we've seen it at some of the the mo- more famous uh, racing events where they've jumped on the track. It's really dangerous situations. People jumping on Wimbledon court and things like that. But what is this? What happens? Isn't there a – there's a massive fine attached to it, isn't it? Like five grand or ten grand or They something. try and discourage it with big numbers like that. And yeah. I, I think um, I think there's a, there's a serial pest that does it a lot and he gets out and dresses up in the full kit of the teams and joins in photos. Um, he runs GoFundMe pages to help him pay the fines because wow. they're, they're so huge. Surely it's booze in, brains out type of moment, isn't it? I think it is. I think it is, but it's a lot of fun. And well done to Kimbo and Miles Fitzner last night with the call here on SEN. SA, we've got time now to take a short break. 10.30 on a Sunday morning. We'll have more for you on the Bungie and Brett's the show right after the news. Adelaide Giants, home to some of the best baseball players and prospects in the world. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi. 
driven by Australian Motors. Welcome to the Bungie and Bretster Show. Andrew McLeod, Brett Maher and John Casey here on your Sunday morning. Time for us now to talk sample on the Bungie and Bretster Show. And we're joined by a victorious North Adelaide coach, Jacob Surgeon, who's taken his team to the minor premiership for the first time in 33 years. Congratulations, Serge, but you did it the hard way. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, Casey. Yeah, it's a bit, um, a little bit bittersweet to be, to be honest. But um, no, nah, my old Port Adelaide boys, uh, yeah, helped us, uh, helped us yesterday by uh, getting the crows done. So um, yeah, I think we're all, we're all back at um, Sturt's facility last night, having uh, a quiet beverage with, with Marty and the boys there, all watching the game. So um, yeah, uh, was it what you say, thirty-one or thirty-three years, something like that? It's uh, a great achievement, but we know there's a lot more. Uh, to play out, but, uh, you know, it's a nice little feather in the cap for the group. Jacob, there must be a really good feel around the club at the moment with the uh, winning success, not only in your team, but streaming right the way through the club. Um, it's doing really well there. It shows good signs for the future. Yeah, it does. We, we make a, we, we, we've got a huge emphasis on, uh, like, our junior development program. Um, Neil Sanders, Craig Brooks and the guys in our under-16s um, do a, do, and our under-18s do a fantastic job in identifying talent and really nurturing and developing that talent to come up and play either reserves or league football. So it's one thing that we really pride ourselves on. And I think our all grades have made finals this year, which is a, a great achievement. And then our, our women's program run by Chrissy Steen and all the, uh, all the girls and, and, the, and the men who help out down there, um, obviously finished minor, finished premiers in uh, the development league and in the, uh, in the league team. So the club's in a really good position at the moment. It's good to be around. Flying down there, Serge, and uh, it's um, it's three years now that uh, in a row you've played finals, uh, been around the mark. Now, what's different about uh, this team moving uh, or heading into this campaign? Oh, Bunge, as you know, um, when you when you go through a bit of a list change, and unfortunately you move a couple of those older guys out who played in our premiership team in eighteen, um, you just get an influx of youthful enthusiasm. And we've probably had a bit of that this this year. We've still got some young, well, some older, some older guys in our team who are really performing. And Andrew Moore and, and Aaron Young, uh, Mitch Harvey's really stepped up. Um, Alex Bean has had a fantastic year. Campbell Coombs obviously just gone from strength to tr- strength to strength. But we we injected a, a lot of youth into our team and um, and a lot of exciting players. So um, and like I said, the sky was the limit for this group. I always felt really confident uh, when we started pre-season. And the way we were defending, and the way we were moving the ball, um, and the principles of the way we want to go about football, I could, I could see them in pre-season. So I always felt really confident. Um, and the boys, um, the boys have always played with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. After I think a lot of people thought, um, well, they didn't rate us and didn't think we were going to be any good this year. So um, from from my point of view, the, the the playing group has been outstanding. The attitude of the group has been first class, and I'm I'm really lucky to be. Um, you know, a front row seat to watch these guys play on a week-in, a week-out basis. Well, I think you're the best team in the competition, mate, after watching a few of your games and uh, really like the way that the style of play that you've developed there as well. And one thing that really stands out to me is the speed. You've got some blokes there with some absolute speed on the outside. It um, just puts the fear of God in some of the your opposition. But you'd be looking forward to getting off some of these... Uh, uh, bogged up ovals and on the Adelaide Oval, a bit of a fast deck and uh, unleash some of these boys. Yeah, I was watching the showdown last night and obviously we played at Sturt and even our Oval on the week. Last weekend against Westies was horrible. Um, 
and uh, and, and Nord Oval, you know, they're all, they're all smaller decks. And um, like you said, mate, I've got a lot of quick blokes who like to run and use their speed, and that's what their strength is, and that's what they bring for our team. So we're definitely looking forward to getting out that that beautiful pristine grass of Adelaide Oval and playing to what our strengths are offensively. But, um, you know, defence is what we really pride ourselves on and, um, you know, our, our ability to win the contested ball um, and get it onto the outside to our, our speedy blokes and then, and then defend the ground has um, been a real strength of ours. And um, the, the the speed of ball movement is just uh, another side to our game, which we, we like to continue to improve on and get better at. And um, it's definitely a weapon of ours and something that, I'd like to think some of our guys will bring in the final series. Serge, just on the Adelaide Oval, the Crows have played their, their last two games. Is that a leg up? Is that an advantage for them? They almost stole the minor premiership off you yesterday. They had a kick late in the game that would have put them in front and weren't able to do it. But that's a big advantage for the Crows. Oh, 100% it is. Like we were talking about it the other day. It's, uh, it's, it's a massive step up. Like we, I think we, we wanted to play one of our games against Port Adelaide or the Crows there this year, but it, I think it got denied. Um, but uh, it, it's a huge step up. Like Adelaide Oval is um, such a unique uh, ground to play on, um, and it's it's a fantastic ground to play on. Like we really enjoy playing there. Um, so they definitely, you know, they're in the AFL, um, they're an AFL club for a reason, and, and that's why they get those um, those games and those priorities. But it's definitely a leg up for them. And Serge, uh, what are your thoughts on the league as a whole at the moment? To me, I think the competition is looking great. It's so deep at the moment. The top. Seven teams. There was really nothing in it going down to last year's premiers, uh, Woodville West Torrens. But even yeah, to fight out for the last positions in that final round, everything was up for grabs. Yeah, I totally agree. It's a fantastic comp. I was looking at one of the VFL scores last uh, last yesterday, and I think it was 197 to 10 points. Um, and then you look at our league, like you know Woodville. Um, if they win yesterday and we beat Sturt, like I think Woodville finished seventh and South six, um, both on nine on nine. Um, you know, so it just shows you that seven clubs are obviously just really strong and, and pushed to the last, literally the last minute of the game to see whether who was going to finish where on the ladder. So I think the SNFL is in a really strong position. Um, players want to come play here either off AFL list or coming from VFL um, programs or even from Queensland or Sydney, Sydney Academy, GWS Academy and guys from the Waffle, they want to come play in the best league. And I think the SNFL... Um, is, is the standout comp outside of the AFL. And if guys want to get the best out of their football and look to, you know, come out of the system, play some good footy in the SNFL, then go back in the system, I think the SNFL is the place to be. Um, I've said that for years, even being in the AFL system, um, that the SNFL is the best comp outside of the AFL. So we're very privileged um, to be able to, I'm very privileged to be able to coach in this competition, but then also... Um, also keep keep the legacy that we've sort of grown um, at North Adelaide the last uh, four or five years since I've been there. So it's, uh, it's really exciting. Serge, the parity is remarkable. We went into that final round yesterday with all five positions in the top five could have changed. As it turns out, none of them did. So it finished North, the Crows, Norwood, Glenelg and Sturt. And there's just one win separating the top four. And in fact, West Adelaide won yesterday, defeating Nord. Central lost on the last kick of the game to Glenelg. Lockie Hosey kicked a goal at the 30-minute mark to deny Central a win. If that, wow. if Central had won that game, it would have meant the bottom four teams all won in the last minor round. So this premiership, it's more like a raffle. This is up for grabs. Anyone can win this. <laughs> oh, 100% anyone can win it. You know, all those... Um, Sturt were outstanding against us yesterday. They played a really good um, style of footy. They were really tough around the ball, and, um, and 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 they came to play. Like you know, they had a lot on the line because they didn't know what was going on with the result with Woodville and South. And you never know if we 
Peyton um, Sturt and Woodfield had a good win, like they they might have dropped out. So they had a lot to play for, as did we. Um, you know, they were very good, but um, I, I didn't know about Lockie Hosey kicking that goal. Like that's amazing. Um, you know, Sturt uh, going Elk is such a, a a fantastic team, and and just shows that they can win from anywhere. Um, but like you said, yeah, I think the top three teams lost yesterday, and, and the bottom the bottom couple won. So um, it's it's been a great season. You know, West Adelaide's last month uh, last month to six weeks has been fantastic. Gotchi's done a great job down there in um, getting a couple of those wins and finishing off the year really strongly, pushing into next year. And um, and even Port Adelaide, like Port Adelaide beating the Crows yesterday was 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 a mighty effort. So um, it's a fantastic comp and. Hopefully all the fans, not just from North Adelaide, but all the other clubs can really get out and support their clubs. Um, obviously, two AFL teams are out now, so hopefully the general public can really get behind their SNFL team and, and get out to Adelaide Oval and support um, everyone starting, I think, next Sunday. Like you said, Serge, it is a tough competition, and it is. It's it's one of the... It's a... Brettster, I know you don't like too much contested footy, but um, <laughs> it, it is one of the, the toughest comps in the going around, and it's great to go down and, and watch, and you sit down and you get... You get to sit on the boundary and, and actually see these guys cracking in and um, certainly appreciate the way they go about it. But in that, uh, so in the, come, coming towards the finals now, Serge, which one of those sides is going to uh, cause you the most headaches over, over the season? Well, good question, mate. Um, I think obviously Adelaide with their AFL guys, they've got that AFL running and, um, and that skill level that we've lost twice to them this year. So, um, and we played them in Wilder the last time. And um, I showed our guys after the game, um, just about opportunities. I think we kicked, I showed the guys 14 edits where we either kicked a point or no score when we probably could have kicked a goal. Um, so we, we spoke about opportunity against the Crows. Um, and then I, my personal point of view is I think Nord are probably the best team in the competition. I just think they're really well coached under, um, under Jade Rawlings. Um, uh, Harry Boyd's had a fantastic year along with uh, Kennelly and, um, and I can't remember, and uh, Jay Rantel in their midfield. So um, their ability to run and spread is very good. They're very strong, contested uh, one-on-one team. So I think um, I think those teams will give us uh, will give us a lot of headaches. But yeah. um, I think we can give them some headaches on the on the way back as well. So um, it's going to be a really exciting final series. And um, like you said, I think anyone can win it from you know Sturt obviously um, at fifth all the way through to us. So it's going to be really exciting. And Norwood have been finishing the season well. They won a massive streak in a row before their loss in that last round. How's um, Case mentioned, it, it is a big bonus finishing top of the table in the minor round because at this stage of the season, some of the bodies can get banged up a little bit. How's the side looking injury-wise? Yeah, well, unfortunately, from our point of view, um, Jakey Patmore did a hamstring about five minutes into the game yesterday. So we are down to 21 blokes and, and, a, and a pretty key part of our, our back line. Um, so we um so that was disappointing um from our point of view uh we've got Kim Boyce and a couple of guys who are playing in the twos um who who might be able to step up but um on the injury side we're not too bad there's maybe one or two guys that we're looking to bring back in um but Darrell Darrell Winter has done a fantastic job in the off season in the ability to create some depth for us you know our, our reserves finished second um in the minor rounds so um we've got some guys in there who we think can come up and play and perform and just play a role for us so um. We'll see how we go. Jakey Patmore is obviously a really important um, piece of the puzzle for us, so we've got to make sure we get him back. And 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 like you said, yeah, it's, it's to finish on top. It's just going to give those guys that that little extra week break that they, they they're going to need. Um, it's obviously been 18, 18, 19 rounds now of really tough, hard contested football. So having that week off um, and just freshening up is going to be really good. But we've still got to make sure that we get some good training load into the guys. But from our point of view, it's all about um, freshening up and, and getting ready for whoever we play. Um, in that in that first semi in a few weeks' time. 
Uh, the roosters are flying, and we love the way you go about it, Jacob Surgeon. Thanks very much for your time here on the Bungie and Bredster Show. Beautiful. Thanks, guys, and well done to the show. It's, uh, it's making legs every, every day. So well done, guys. It's been brilliant. Thanks, Ed. Thank you. Jacob Surgeon, coach of the North Adelaide Roosters there. And, well, they are going along very nicely. The final start next Sunday, 12-15, a doubleheader, the elimination final between Sturt and Glenelg. And then at 3-15, it's going to be Norwood against Adelaide in the qualifying final. And Surgeon and the Roosters can sit back and just watch that all unfold. All the games are on Channel 7. You'll hear them here on SENSA 1629 as well. We'll take a short break here on the Bungie and Bredster show. And after this, we're going to be talking showdown. Adelaide Giants, home to some of the best baseball players and prospects in the world. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. We certainly appreciate you being with us here on a Sunday morning. We're going to talk about the showdown right now. We'd like your thoughts as well. You can call us on 1300 736 736 or shoot through a text on 0427 154 166. And we have had a confessional that's arrived, gentlemen, and it says, Morning Legends, I confess. First time listener, this show is awesome. I'll be back next week for sure. Brett from the park. Thank you very much, Brett. I think he's on the money there, Brett. <laughs> Did you just text Brett, in yourself? Be a good bloke. It didn't say Brett M, but uh, <laughs> there you go. But let's talk about the showdown. That has been everything to a lot of people all week. And Andrew McLeod, who played in 27 showdowns. What did you make of it all, Bungie? Well, Case, it was uh, – if you look at the game, I guess, it was it was a tight contest in the first half, um, you know, and, and both sides couldn't actually string a lot of plays together because of that heat that was bought. And it's – as we know, showdowns bring that final type of atmosphere and it was on from the start and both teams really struggled with the pressure. The pressure was right up there and then there were some moments where Port Adelaide were able to just uh, – you know, they, they had that 13-point lead there and Robbie Gray kicks that goal um, in the that southwest pocket and you see that little clutch moment that Robbie Gray does and seems to inspire his teammates as he has done for a number of showdowns. And, yeah, I guess that, uh, you know, they were able to get the uh, the ascendancy in the second half, Brett's there, and uh, just sort of kick away with it. Well, Robbie Gray's shown, and it was all about Robbie Gray in the end, wasn't it? it was. What a superstar of the game. He's been so good. I think he's won five of the showdown medals. And uh, some of those moments that he uh, has shown over the years, it was great to see bits and pieces of them again last night. And that kick from 50 where he swung it in for the goal was fantastic. Didn't look confident, did he? But No, he was looking around. And as you said before the show, there was some moments where the old Robbie Gray probably would have had a crack at goal and he, and he palmed him off last night, which was also good to see. He's a great clubman and... Um, Bokey said uh, he probably goes down as uh, one of the best, if not the best all time uh, at the club. So it does raise that question of some of the other superstars of the club, but he is right up there. What a great player. A um, couple of things is, uh, I, I guess, the, the one thing, that the, the, clearly the stats that uh, stand out for me, Crows dominated the hitouts, which we've seen over the years now in, in, in footy. Richmond have done this. 50 hitouts. Rich Richmond have done this probably the best, and but their ability to shark those those hit like those those hitouts and the clearances were um, they they got on top of them in the clearances uh, forty five uh, clearances to forty and um, yeah the ability to have a 
a dominating ruckman, it doesn't really give you a great advantage anymore, um, you know, with the midfield groups that they have. And, um, yeah, I, I guess they, they needed to – one thing the Crows needed to do was to make more – take more advantage of, 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 I guess, having that, and they weren't able to do that. And the other thing too is I think is uh, um, that pressure. And Aaliyah, Aaliyah you know, he took nine intercepts. And the ability of the Crows, I think that was one of the, the downsides for them was they just couldn't – they just couldn't connect going forward. They kept getting in, the ball kept getting intercepted. Alia Alia, um, uh, Kane Farrell was the other one. They just kept rebounding the ball out and turning those those turnovers into scoring opportunities going the other way. And it's probably one thing. But we have talked about a, a number of times is that I guess that skill of the the Crows and be able to develop that and take that to the next level to connect going forward and. Just that some some moments there, they were they were just let down by their skills and their decision making. Bressler, yeah, I was impressed by their their pressure on the ball. The guys in and around the ball, uh, guys like Rosie, uh, Wines, Butters, all were outstanding. And in that second half where they exploded, put a lot of points on the board. I thought those guys were very influential, and it kind of leaves not a bad taste in my mouth. But the question, like you see them last week, they destroy Essendon. Uh, come in, destroy Adelaide, and you go, well, where's this been? Like, I know they're not top top four teams or top eight teams, but they show glimpses of greatness, and I'd just love to see that extended. And Ken Hinckley all through the year has said, look, it's been a seven, eight-minute patch in those games. It's really let them down. And I hope in this off-season they're going to need to do a bit of recruiting. They obviously need to replace Gray, and they probably need a big uh, defender coming in as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do and how they can – just solve that problem. Bungie, I want to ask you, Travis Spokes, 28th showdown. You played in 27 and so did Kane Corns, another great here on SENSA. What did you make of the build-up and what was said? Oh, look, I think that it's it's all part of the theatre. Does it need it? Um, well... Was it rude? Matthew Nix said the Port boys overstepped the line. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just part of the... Being part of the showdown. Bring it on? Bring, bring it on. It's all fair game, I think. And, you know, you see the... The, the boys come out and they all backed it up. They all jumped on board, started with Cornsey, you know, then you see uh, Ollie Wines have a crack. and then It seemed crafted, didn't it? They all, they all yeah, ran on it. It was. And, uh, you know, I think that's all part of it. It's all fair. Um, Should Adelaide just, try it next year? Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't, maybe, maybe. Get on the front <laughs> foot, you know, and have a, have a bit of a crack. But you've got to back it up. And that was what uh, Port Adelaide were able to do. They, would have, they backed the words up with their actions. They came out. And, um, yeah, I think they just play. Like you said, Brett, so they've got to find ways to, to close those gaps or, you know, make it those seven or eight-minute lapses that Ken talks about. To be able to do it against, you know, sides that are below you, yeah, I guess that's, you know, that's the question. And people go, yeah, you can do it against teams that are below you on the ladder, like the Essendons and, and, the, and the Crows, but can you do it against the top eight sides? And that's when the the real, I guess, when the real heat comes and the real questions get asked is that can you actually do this against the best sides in the competition? So that's something they've got to go away and work on. But look, last night, hats off to them. You know, their efficiency inside 50, uh, 57% to, to Crows, 37%. So we talked about that um, disposal efficiency of the Crows, but they just dominated 61 to 48 inside 50s. Um, and I think that was a telling, telling stat that um, they were just too good when they went forward and finding avenues to go. The message that in that sledging, you are entitled and really that we hate you. And I, I don't mind that. Um, I think Port Adelaide have always had that. We want to be the underdogs. We're down by the wharf. We're, we're that grunt sort of team that you can really get behind. And 
they want to portray the Crows as champagne drinking up a level that we're going to come from behind and get you. And, and I love the theat- the theatrics of that. What do you think, Bungie? Oh, I think it's great. I do. I love it. <laughs> you know, it's great. You can get involved in, uh, you know, but it do- all that stuff doesn't matter. Because when you go and you've got to get a contested ball, you're not thinking about that when you're running out, when you step across the line and you've got to get a contested ball that you're worried about your, your Chardonnay drinking fans or your backs against the wall, Port Adelaide <laughs> fans. I'm telling you now, you're thinking about, I'm going to crack that ball right there and get it and that's all I need to do is win the next contest. So whatever happens out there, it's all theatre. It's actually what, what, you, what you're doing and what you're delivering when you step over the line is what matters. And, you know, they, like I said, they backed it up. I tell you what, uh, the fans backed it up last night as well. They did. The amount of people that stayed behind uh, for Robbie Gray and to cheer them off at the end was sensational and a lot of respect there for a great player and the way that the team ended off the season. Over 50,000 there. Yeah, oh, oh, this, it's great. And you know, to, to be able to send off one of your all-time greats um, and so respectful. Obviously, the Crows stayed out as well to, to do that and, and you know, Robbie went through as they do the little walkthrough and then – Went back out and thanked the fans. It's great for them to, to stick around. And I think um, I, I th- I'm not sure if it was Ken Hinckley or someone said it. Like he's he's a he's a generational player. He Once is. A, yeah, like yeah. you're not going to see someone like him again. Obviously, we've we've had some greats that have that have gone down and retired and, and done that. And he's a, he he is special. And you see that, saw that when he first came in, um, and his ability to you know his his clutch moments. Yeah, I think. Incredible. You know, it just if you look back at some of those, and that goal that he kicked in that southwest pocket reminded me of that game. Was it last year when they, or the year before when they uh, they beat they beat Carlton, Carlton at, the the Gab- Coast. At, at the Gabba, yeah, I think it was twenty twenty, and uh, it was it was a very similar kick, and uh, so I think he's ripped the hearts out of a lot of pl- a lot of teams, not just the Crows over the time. So. Congratulations to Robbie Gray. will go down as one of the greats. Now, we're hard up against the news, but very quickly, I want to um, pass Mark, yay or nay, for Port Adelaide in terms of they finished second last year. They've tumbled to 11th. They went 17-5 and five last season. They finished 10-12. and 12. Do they get a pass? I don't think so. No. No? no? I don't, hard I don't. to on those numbers. Is it? And yeah. for Adelaide, well, Adelaide finished 15th last year. They moved to 14th. And they went one more win. They went up to eight wins from seven. So how do you rate them? Well, I've got a text message that came, that's come through, uh, Case, which says the Crows win eight games and four of their wins come against West Coast and the Kangaroos. So how do you, how do you, how do you judge that? The jury's still out. Look, I think they showed uh, improvement. I think they had some really good players make big steps. I think Fogarty was one of them yeah. from the start of the development season. Of players the development well. of players was great to see Keys. Um, really take that next step. Laird was ever consistent again. I thought Walker, what he went through pre-season to come out and have the season that he did. I thought through? those four. <laughs> I thought those four were good. Yep. Well, there you have it. So a lot more water to go under the bridge, but that is all for the AFL season for the two Adelaide teams. And we'll take a short break here for the news on SENSA sixteen twenty nine. Stay with us here on the Bungie and Brett's the show. Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi. Driven by Australian Motors. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. And we are into the final furlong here on the Bungie and Bretster Show. I'm John Casey, trying to keep these two South Australian sporting legends under control. Time to talk basketball with Brett Maher. And our special guest today is a new face. He's a great new recruit for the Adelaide 36ers. His name is Craig Randall II. Craig, appreciate your time this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. 
I did read this is your first ever trip to Australia. How are you finding it here in the first three or four days? I I like it. Um, obviously, it's new. Just trying to get used to the time difference. But uh, I've enjoyed my time here so far, and I'm looking forward to it even more. Craig, I, I looked at uh, some highlights uh, coming in and also uh, through your college career into the G League um, and winning the most improved player with the Long Island Nets last year. Uh, you must have really enjoyed your time in the G League as uh, as you keep developing. Yeah, the G League was fun. Um, it was my first year of pro, so it was just a year to learn, a year to get better. And, um, I feel like it was one of those years for me, so uh, I enjoyed it. And that led you into playing uh, with Portland in the Summer League. How did you find that experience? Summer League is a great experience. Um, It's obviously the NBA, so it's NBA Summer League. But having a chance to play with high-level guys and even having another chance just to win a championship, that was the best part of it was winning. So, I mean, the experience was everything. Well, you'll find we're uh, we're sporting mad here in in Adelaide, mate, and particularly love our uh, our Sixers. Have uh, have you caught up with any your team, like a, a part of the history of the club, and understand a, a bit of that? I know we've got one of the greats here in, in Brett Maher and the courts named after him. But uh, do you do you know much about the Sixers at all? Uh, not too much. Um, they're they're trying to bring me up to speed. I I know in the last few years we haven't. One that much, I know that. So, I mean, I'm just excited to be able to help change that and come in and get us back to those winning ways and so we can uh, get back to doing that. And uh, CJ's putting together a pretty impressive roster. I'm really happy with it. Uh, obviously, as far as imports, you're going to be joined by Antonius Cleveland and Robert Franks, who's on his way out here now. Um, do you know much about the rest of the guys in the team and those two guys especially? Yeah, I've uh, I've done some research on my teammates. Um, we got a bunch of guys, a bunch of pieces. I feel like we got a team that we can plug everybody in at the right time. We got two first team on NBL guys, defense player of the year, two, three top defenders in the NBL uh, with with Sunday and Mitch and AC. Um, we got a vet, a DJ. So I mean, I feel like we we got a really good team this year. We just got to figure out how to put it all together and then when we do that I think we're going to be heading in the right direction. And what about your style of game? What can the fans expect to see? Um, I mean I see the highlights you got a nice looking stroke and able to get to the bucket. What can we expect? A lot of excitement. Um, I bring a lot of passion to the game. I play super hard and I'm, I'm all about winning so whatever we got to whatever I have to do to help win whether that's scoring one night whether that's make all the plays, whether that's guard the best defender. So whatever I can do. Um, but definitely excitement and um, just the winning attitude. And what about your knowledge of the league itself? Um, obviously, it's been a great stepping stone for some players to come out here and make that next step to the NBA. Have you had much of a chance to have a look at the, the league and um, the history and some of the players that have done that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's, like I said before, it's a, it's a great league. Uh, a lot of great players come through here. And then some, some there are still great players in the league. Uh, I know Bryce Codd was here. He's still here. Um, Jalen Adams last year. Jayshon Tate a few years ago. We just had Giddy, um, the mellow ball. And so it, it's just a, it's a very great league. I mean, right now it's like it's second to the NBA, obviously. Um, but, I mean, 
I'm just looking forward to being able to contribute. And if I end up moving along, yeah, but I'm here to develop and just help win in Adelaide. Well, we like that message indeed. Craig Randall, best of luck with the 36ers this season. Thanks very much for joining us here on the Bungie and Bretster Show. Thank you for having me. He is a super talent. Check out his highlights on YouTube. You won't be disappointed. I think he's going to bring a lot to the table. A left-hander can dunk it as well, and uh, he's exciting. Let's hope he's as exciting as the last Randall that we had here in Adelaide, and that was Jerome, R-A-N-D-L-E. This is Craig, R-A-N-D-A-L-L, the second. I really like the team, as I said, that CJ's putting together, real defensively orientated, especially in the um, in the backcourt there when you've got – the Australian content in Sunday and Mitch McCarron, but you also had in the Defensive Player of the Year in Antonius Cleveland. And Randall can show, and he's just said that he loves to put in effort at that end. And then you've got some seven-footers there in in Jop Reith, and you've got Kai Soto, and then you've got DJ, some rim protectors. So I think it's a really good look from that perspective. And then we've got heaps of guys that can put points on the board. So I'm excited by it. I like the way he talked about being able to bring, you know, and, and take the – the sixes to where they they should be. That also, you know, bringing at both ends um, of the court and doing what he has to do to help develop the side. So, um, obviously, one eye is on you know where else can I go? And you know, it's a great compliment that he said it's the second best league in the in the world, without a doubt. Now you told us last week Robert Franks wasn't coming. Now you're telling us he's coming. Well, CJ has come out and said he's he's on his way. Are you, are you a little more are you happier now? I'm a bit more optimistic. I, I'll tell you what, I was uh, shaking a bit. There's a lot of other talent that you can replace him with, but he is a very, very good player and will be a linchpin for for the team to go. That next step, we haven't had a uh, championship since 02, so it'll be great to get back in amongst it. We'll get Robert Franks on here on the Bungie and Bretster Show when he comes. Now, a reminder, the NBL 1 semifinals were played last night in the men's, and Forestville defeated Norwood 84-75 by nine points. Woodville defeated South 97-77 by 20. The women's semifinals are today. So if you're looking for some basketball action, Norwood against South Adelaide at 1.30, at 3.30 West Adelaide against Sturt. So get out to those games and support it. Will you catch up with any of those results, Brett's there? I'm tipping South Adelaide would be a bit disappointed. I haven't spoken to Scotty, but I'd imagine uh, they they beat Woodville uh, two weeks ago by about 24. So I would have thought they would have been confident going in, but I watched uh, the game and the highlights and Woodville were ahead all game and played pretty well. Yeah, interesting. Hey, uh, just to... I was just going to say a real quick one on the NBL, how um, uh, Larry has said that he wants to make it the number one sport in summer. I'm really interested to see how he's going to go about that, but what he's tipped into the game so far, that's exciting to see. Uh, speaking of uh, making it the number one sport, there has been some movement around, and we talked a little bit about stadiums and building that earlier in the show, but uh, the uh, Melbourne Phoenix... They've up the they've up the ante over over there and looking at uh, obviously attracting the best talent or the best players they can in their facility, um, and they're spending a hundred and thirty two million dollars on a new facility. It's got about twelve courts attached to it. It's a lot, isn't it? And not only the Phoenix, but I, I think Knox will be using that. And I think one of their other grand plans is to bring the Australian Institute of Sport basketball program from Canberra. Um, down to Melbourne. Uh, and let's face it, Melbourne is kind of the heartland of basketball in Australia. Yep. A lot of people, and especially South Australians, will argue it, but it is. Um, but 
they seem to get a lot of support from local government, a lot of support from government in building this infrastructure for sport. Who needs hospitals when you can build great sporting facilities? <laughs> well, listen, Trav is a big Hoops fan. He's called in. Morning to you, uh, Trav. How you going, boys? What can we help you with? I just wanted to know a bit of the um, bit of a rundown between Bungie and Mari. They're both pretty good athletes in their prime. I just want to know who's on top now. I haven't seen them both for a while. Oh, well, I would have to say physically that Bungie's on top. <laughs> Only just. He's probably got me by about four abs, I reckon. But, uh, <laughs> no, thanks, Trav, for this question. I think, um, yeah, I think Bungie's got the uh, lead role at the moment for sure. And, uh, yeah, I come in uh, probably a far away second. He's he's, try, he's still battling and trying, though, Trav. Ask him who's got the skinniest of calf muscles. <laughs> I seen you the other day. I seen you the other day going for a bit of a run, Murray. You look like you're in pretty good condition, so I wouldn't count you out just yet. He was he was talking earlier on the show about um, talking to Case about running a half marathon. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's as far as we got talking. He, he could do anything, I think. Well, well Trevor, is there a sport you reckon? Is there a sport that you reckon Murray could beat you in, Bungie, in his physical condition right now? Oh. Uh, Chess. Maybe chess, yeah, something <laughs> like that. But uh, I, I would think racquetball would be right up there. What do you think, Trav? Uh, <laughs> I think you're out of racquetball for a little while, but we'll keep that to ourselves, eh? <laughs> oh, very good of you to call uh, you in, doing, Trav. Hope you're enjoying you're the program. Great, boys. Thanks, Trav. Have fun. Uh, Trav joining us there. And, uh, well, I'm sure we're going to get some challenges. They were a feature of the Bungie and Brettster podcast in the past, and we're going to have to relive some of those. But I know, Brett, you also wanted to talk about the college sports and the TV deal that was signed during the week. Yeah, definitely. I can't believe in the college system that they can get this sort of uh, support. They got a $7 billion media rights deal for their Big Ten conference. And and what irks me about that, the players get none of that. And if they're willing to put that sort of money into the college basketball, I can't see why they can't put at least that into the WNBA and support the women's game and give the women a bit more money as to what they should be paid. When you look at the disparity in the WNBA wages compared to the NBA. Well, the NBA could afford to pay the WNBA more. Surely. I don't know if it's up to the NBA to be. Why not? They run the competition. Well, they they could take a little bit of the pay cut and. LeBron just signed a two-year, $140 million deal at the Lakers. Oh, it's crazy money. And that's why they're getting paid way too much. But the the women's game should be subsidised better. And the best way to do that is via TV deals and media deals. And they're not getting what they should be getting. If Especially when you look at that for a college college game. And the college game is exciting. But billion. Come, come what, seven what, what, billion. Where does that money actually – so you're saying the, obviously the players don't get paid. So the breakdown of that money, like wh- where where does it go? I would say it would go into the college systems itself to help building uh, facilities, building the colleges up, and and keep improving uh, the actual college system. Um, but yeah, just enormous well, dollars. I mean, the isn't coaches it? can get paid. Yeah. So maybe the coaches get a, a filtering down of that, but certainly the players aren't supposed to. Well, there you go. So, look, we need to take a short break here on the Bungie and Bretster Show, and we'll be back to wrap things up right after this. Adelaide Giants, home to some of the best baseball players and prospects in the world. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. 
And we do it all thanks to mayhemcollectibles.com.au. Get ready for Mayhem Collectibles on the parade at Nord, one of Australia's fastest-growing trading cards and collectibles specialists. And also our great friends at Australian Motors Mitsubishi, Dylan Nunn and the crew. You can visit their Wavell and Southern Mitsubishi showrooms. They're driven by Australian Motors. We are down to the Bungie and Brettster breakdown and a couple of topics we'd like to discuss. And one in particular is the handling of the Brett Rutten affair. Oh, yeah, it's uh, probably something that's, that's grabbed headlines this week, Case, and it's a bit sad. It's a bit of trial by media there, Brett, there, as to what's going on. And, um, you know, Neil Mitchell came out earlier in the week and announced that um, Ben Rutten had been sacked, and I don't think Essendon knew for about six or seven hours that he'd been actually sacked, and uh, and it all, all sort of unfolded after that, that he hadn't been. Um, we've seen a number of coaches come out and support him. Um, it's just not good enough. I, I, I just I feel for 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 Truck. I sent him a couple of messages during the week. Obviously, good mates with him, and um, it's sad to see. And you saw the emotion after the game last night. But it's it's such a bizarre situation that we find ourselves in with this whole Essendon thing, and it's 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 sad. And we, we talked about um, mental. We've been talking about mental health the last few weeks on the show, and we got to be better for our these not good guys. enough. Is it's, it? It's horrible. Well, what does Ben Rutten do now? I mean, that's the question. He, he's clearly been undermined by the club. They've been talking to Clarkson. They've clearly been talking with Hurd and, and potentially other suitors as well for the job. Can he? Is there any way he can stick around? Well, he says he wants to. Said, has said that he wants to coach out next year. Uh, and I heard Liam Pickering here with uh, Craig Hutchison on SENSA yesterday saying if he was his manager, he'd be straight in there and grabbing him and saying, we're moving. That's it. That's the way they're treating you. Well, we're not sticking around for this. Yeah, it's disgraceful. And I actually agree with that. I'd be doing the same thing um, if, I, you know, if I was Ben Truck's manager um, and, and getting him out there. Because it's, it's not a good situation to be in. Not be good. Honest. Like not if you're in there now and you're the coach, Brester, what are you, what are you thinking? I'm thinking I'm getting out of here. Well, yeah, there's uh, there's trust issues there, and you know, like they've obviously not got faith in your ability to do the job. So why stick around? Get paid, get out, and then maybe pick up another. You probably want to get something in the in the wings before you do that. But um, try and tease. Hey, just quickly, Alistair Clarkson. Yep. How much would he have got paid? I mean, he he has to not go too crazy because then he can't get his support staff in. But that must have been a massive deal. To, for North Melbourne because I looked at them yesterday. There is not a lot to work with at that club. They're terrible. And they just oh. they just look like – I would have thought they'd be trying to show the new coach, look, this is who I am, this is what we can do. They put up zero fight and were disgraceful yesterday. Um, so they must have offered him an absolute bucket load of money to go there. Oh, I think they've got some talent, though. I think you've been a bit harsh. Oh, they were terrible yesterday. Yeah, but one game doesn't, you know, make him. You know, they, I know they haven't had a great, great year, but I'm sure he'll go in there. Um, you know, that's one of his strengths is de- developing blokes, um, creating a, a game style. But I think, uh, as much as he he might have got paid, I think the emotion of going probably back home for him um, and helping his his old club out is 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 one of the reasons why as well. They've obviously been in. Um, They've had a number of coaches. It's three coaches that they've had, you know, go, go through in the last what three or four years, and yeah, to to get some stability, you know, with that brings confidence in what his programs he's been able to develop at, at Hawthorne for a long period of time. Seventeen years he was at the Hawks, so um, I think everybody's excited. You know, I heard David King 
um, skiting about it on on SEN and how excited he was. So I think that's just going to generate a lot, and and he'll 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 attract some players as well. I saw a great image uh, at the game uh, yesterday where some North Melbourne supporters had a cardboard cutout of him standing next to him and they were discussing <laughs> discussing the game plan with the with the new cover going and what a uplift to the yeah. club. You could just that's see the hope it, in the it brings. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, fantastic. That's a great feel. Hey, just quickly, there's another thing that's been happening this week. This Zorko versus Petty during that game. I mean Ten uh, seconds Zorko, you've got. So, <laughs> what was said? I want to know. I don't get what's said. Stepped across the line. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. It was across the line, and we'll be across the line. We're almost at the finishing line now, but we're going to be back next Sunday. Bungie and Brentston, 9.30 to 11.30, 16.29 SENSA. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.